You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston dot There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. A reading from Colossians, chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when I was a teenager, I volunteered one time at a special event that was held up the street from my home church. It was at the Baptist church in the neighborhood. And I was there in the kitchen washing dishes, and there was someone who turned on a radio. And you know when you hear just that song that catches your attention, your toe starts to tap, You're humming along, and soon your head's bobbing along, and before you know it, you're just breaking out in joyful dance. Well, immediately, one of the adults chastised me and said that I had to stop dancing because that congregation expressly prohibited dancing anywhere in the church except for the sanctuary. That was a very strange rule for this Methodist to hear, because first, my youth group held joint dances with other youth groups all the time, so I didn't know what was wrong with dancing. But second, I had never seen anyone dance in a sanctuary before. That just wasn't something that I had experienced. Seemed so backwards to me, and yet, we saw last week as we read Psalm 150, how that psalm encouraged us to worship God with every instrument we have, including our bodies. So dance is a form of praise to God. Throughout this month, we have looked at the dancing saints from St. Gregory of Nyssa Episcopal Church. I have a photo here from their sanctuary. This is the ceiling, and it goes all the way around because it's a round room. And you can see how beautiful it is when the light streams in and you see those dancing saints above your head. Just to give you a sense of scale, the image of Jesus in the center there is 12 feet tall. 
So each of these people might almost be as tall as they were in real life. These dancing saints are icons. They give visual expression to the theology of the church's patron saint, Gregory of Nyssa. In his commentary on the Psalms, St. Gregory wrote, quote, Once there was a time when the whole rational creation formed a single dancing chorus looking upward to the one leader of this dance, and the harmony of motion that they learned from his law found its way into their dancing, end quote. Our scripture lesson this morning reminds us that Christ was present at creation. Quote, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. End quote. So in the very beginning, God established a direct connection between creation and the creator. God set out a tempo, a rhythm, an order to the chaos and all of creation. Sun, moon, stars, trees, water, humanity, animals danced to this rhythm in sync with the one who established the dance. We tell this origin story of the time when humanity was in the Garden of Eden, living at peace with all creation. But there came a point when humanity stepped out of rhythm with the tempo that God set in motion. That direct connection between creation and the creator was broken. That 17th verse of our scripture this morning said that he, Christ, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ witnessed the brokenness of the relationship, and it was Christ who brought restoration of this relationship, because in him all things hold together. When Christ became incarnate, the visible God, this is what would restore that connection between the divine and humanity. Jesus Christ came into this world to bring all of creation back in sync with the divine dance established at the beginning. The icons from St. Gregory's is a joy-filled way to point people toward Jesus, the leader of this divine dance. In an interview, the church's founders, Rick Fabian and Donald Schnell, they describe the image of Christ here. They describe it by saying, Jesus, Lord of the dance, leads our 90 saints, four animals, and all humanity in a great dance. He's vested in the street attire of an Ethiopian Orthodox priest, a close parallel to a teacher's garb in the first century Mediterranean world, and he wields his cross to lead the dancers, making the sign of suffering and shame 
into humanity's invitation to joy. On this Christ the King Sunday, we celebrate a king who sat not upon a throne like earthly rulers, but a king who was hung from a cross, one who took a sign of suffering and shame and created an invitation to new life and joy. We are blessed to have this King of Kings, this Lord of Lords, to be the one who issues the invitation to us to enter into new life, to enter into joy. This can come even in the midst of great suffering. When we have the sign of the cross as the symbol of our hope, we have seen how God takes pain and shame and suffering and redeems it, transforms it, creates a symbol of life out of what once was a tortured, filled tool of death. The joy that is evident in these icons is the joy that we have when we follow Christ, the one who invites us to follow him. Not demands, but who invites us to say yes to his love, to his grace, to his transforming power in our lives when we choose to call him the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. In a 1997 interview, the artist who created these beautiful icons, Mr. Dukes, he shared his conversion story. See, he was 23 before he ever picked up a Bible. And this is what he shared. Quote, When I really started searching for the truth in Christianity, I went through a time where there was a lot of confusion in my life concerning Christianity, because there are so many denominations and so many people saying so many different things about what the truth of Christ is. When I first had my conversion experience, I just read the Bible. The Bible is very powerful. I didn't come from a background that's very religious at all. I think I had been to church only a few times in my whole life. The only thing I knew about Jesus Christ was that there was this guy called the King of Kings. When I went to art school, I read the Bible for the first time. Isn't that amazing? I was about 22 or 23. I feel blessed that I wasn't already filled to the brim with all these stories from when I was young and then got so used to them that they had no effect on me or that they lost their power to touch my heart. I started off with the New Testament and read about this guy, Jesus. And I said, whoa, this is great. If there was ever a good man, he was a good man. And then he died, right? And you see, I didn't know about the resurrection. The scene of the ascent to heaven was really exciting. And I said, hey, I believe, I believe. And I had a conversion experience where I felt the presence of God for the first time. This artist encountered the powerful story of Jesus for the first time in his 20s, and he allowed himself to say yes, to say, I believe, to step into that divine dance with Jesus leading. 
with Jesus leading with love. This artist who gave such a gift to the world began by reading the story of the one who took pain and shame and death and transformed it. When we say yes to following Jesus, it doesn't mean that our life will be easy. It means that our life will be abundant. It will be abundant with love in this world and in his eternal kingdom. For Jesus, who is the King of Kings, he was hung on a cross with the sign King of the Jews over his head, was there to mock him. You see, Jesus was far from the king that the people of earth knew. And the writer of Colossians tried to help us understand this mystery of the cross to the extent that any of us can understand a mystery. The poetry of the scripture that Grace read for us puts into a big picture perspective the particular and scandalous agony of Christ the King dying shamefully on a cross. You see, the cross is a turning point in a larger cosmic story that began at creation and the story that won't end until we experience the fullness of God's promise that all are reconciled to God whether on earth or in heaven, until the whole cosmos rests in God's peace. We get glimpses of that peace now and again. We get glimpses of that kingdom. We talk about it when we gather at the table for communion. That's a glimpse of the heavenly feast. It's not the fullness of the feast we will have one day, but it is just a glimpse we get a glimpse of the heavenly kingdom when the Prince of Peace draws near to us, when we live with courage and kindness and generosity. We get a glimpse at Christmas time when we remember the scandalous way that God entered this world, being born of Mary. We're about to enter the season of Advent those four weeks of preparation to receive our king. What does it look like for us to prepare? We're preparing for a visit from royalty, but royalty that comes with humility and love and acceptance. A king who prefers the company of the lost, the least, the lonely, and the last. As we enter into this season of preparation, it can be so easy to lose sight of who it is that we are preparing for and why we prepare our hearts and our homes to celebrate Christmas. We are filled with the joy of God made visible in Christ. And there is Christ always calling us back into that beautiful divine dance. The Reverend Andrew Sales of Mint Methodist Church in Exeter, England, preached a sermon in 2006, and he said, The Lord of the Dance is a title of God that is often neglected, even though it fits him to a T. Quote, At Bethlehem, he dances into the world, 
so that he may bring the crashing, clashing, clod-hopping humanity out of its confusion, back into step, back into joyful harmony, back into unity with God and God's creation. End quote. Clumsy and incompetent as disciples may be, Jesus helps us to hear this divine music, helps us to tune the ears of our hearts and souls and bring us back to the rhythm of that divine dance. He transforms our heavy, awkward steps into freer, lighter, more grace-filled steps. Do you feel in sync with this divine dance today? If not, who is setting the tempo of your life? Is it your work, the never-ending drumbeat of hard work and success? Is it money, not having enough and the pressure that comes from worrying where your next meal will come from, where you will sleep tonight? Is it chronic illness, always having to manage your energy and never having enough for all the things that you want to do in life? What are the other sources of the tempo that you live your life? Is it family pressure, the desire for the perfect holiday season, the need to be needed? Maybe it's a cacophony of conflicting sources of music, pulling you in so many different directions at once you can't do anything but spin in circles. If God was the one, setting the tempo for your life. How different from what you're living now would your life look like? Would it sound like? Would it feel like? If you're not in sync with the divine dance, are you hearing the invitation from Jesus to follow him today? What needs to happen to tune the ears of your heart and soul to that tempo of the divine dance. Remember that this invitation from Jesus is always a joyful invitation to follow him. Now, when you hear that phrase, Lord of the Dance, you may have gotten distracted from probably the more famous Lord of the Dance, the Irish River Dance. But that was not the first iteration of that phrase. There's a hymn that we're going to sing at the end of worship today called Lord of the Dance. It was written by Sidney Carter. He wrote this in 1963 and published it in 1967. The composer wrote, I see Christ as the incarnation of the piper who is calling us. He dances that shape and pattern which is at the heart of our reality. So the one who was there in the beginning, when all was made real, that is the one who is dancing the shape and pattern of what is at the heart of our reality. But the composer from 1963 wasn't the first to use this image either. There's actually an ancient song called Tomorrow Shall Be My Dancing Day. It's medieval in origin, but it wasn't published until 1833 in a collection of Christmas carols. And so today I leave you with these beautiful words. There are 11 verses, and I'm not going to read them all, but I will tell you that in these 11 verses, 
It is the story of Jesus from his perspective. Each verse recounts a moment from his life. From conception to birth to baptism to desert temptations to ministry, betrayal, trial, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. The speaker is Jesus. Hear now his words. Tomorrow shall be my dancing day. I would my true love did so chance to see the legend of my play, to call my true love to dance. Sing, oh my love, oh my love, my love, my love. This have I done for my true love. Then up to heaven I did ascend, where now I dwell in sure substance, on the right hand of God, that humans may come unto the general dance. Sing, oh my love, my love, my love, my love. This I have done for my true love. This is what Christ the King has done for us, his true love. From the very beginning of all there is, to death on a cross, to ascension to heaven, this is the Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has done this for his true love. Thanks be to God. Amen.